From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 99, and today I'm joined by Ken Coopers, who is a showrunner on the upcoming show Hudson and Rex, which will be coming to airwaves soon. He was also the showrunner on The Stanley Dynamic and has been a writer on shows like, like Carter, Frankie Drake Mysteries, and The Listener. Also joining us is Scott McClellan, who is a director of photography. I recently worked with him on my upcoming film, James vs. His Future Self. He also shot Sundowners and Kiss and Cry. And last but not least, we have the wonderful Mr. Ryan Goldhar, who is a producer on a film that you can get on iTunes now called Becoming Burlesque. He's also been an EP on my films, How to Plan an Origin in a Small Town, Sex After Kids, and The Go-Getters, which you can also get on VOD and iTunes and many places in the United States and Canada and many other countries as well as think. Check it out. And we're all going to sit down and watch a film together. So we're sitting down to watch, I'm going to say just Buckaroo Banzai, because there's a longer title. What's the longer title? It's like... Uh, the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai in the... Across, eighth dim- across, across the, the Eighth Dimension? dimension. Yeah. 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 So that's what it is. I'm Jeremy. I have not seen the film. I am Ryan. I have seen the film. I am Scott, and I have not seen the film. And I'm Ken, and I have not seen the film. Oh! oh hey. Everyone was on the edge of their seat. Uh... And for some reason, I thought you had, because you're the one, I think, Ken, you brought this film up initially. Yeah, because I bought the Blu-ray, and uh, <laughs> I really wanted to watch it with friends. <laughs> <laughs> and that Blu-ray is sitting at home right now. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> Unopened. Perfect. Um, and so, we'll go, so, why ha- so why hadn't you gotten around to watching it before? Since you knew about it, obviously. Yeah, it was a weird one. Um, it was just, uh, I think I may have watched five or ten minutes of it once and didn't get into it. And then it fell off my radar for years and years and years. And it's only kind of this uh, renaissance of these um, older, quirkier movies that some of the smaller um, uh, Blu-ray companies are putting out that I've suddenly discovered all these titles I totally forgot about. Yeah. Scott, how about you? Did you know about this movie? or? Yeah, I'm kind of in a similar position. This was a title that always stood out to me because it's a hilarious, long, funny title that's just super intriguing and interesting, but I didn't really know who was in it or really what it was about. So it was kind of, you know, fell through the cracks and, um, but it was always stuck in the back of my mind. Yeah. It was the one of the same with me as I, I always knew it as a title and as a pop culture reference. And it wasn't until like last year when ready player one came out mm. that it was like, Oh, I should probably get around to watching that. They, they, they talk about it a lot. Yeah. And I don't know if they're talking about it. And, and, and for me, it's, and I still don't know if it's the kind of title that people love ironically 
or if it's like there's there's genuine good things about it. Like the rating, I think the iTunes rating was seventy one percent. But that's a but you never know with older movies yeah. like this where it's like is that a cult that could be thing? the amount of people voting on it are are those who like me who grew up watching this movie and loved it. Yeah, I mean I haven't. Seen I think it that was the Rotten Tomatoes years. rating though. I think that was the Rotten Tomato. That's still a cumulative of, of sure. Yeah. Yeah. Every blogger's uh, yeah. So you're the opinion. one person who has seen I'm it. I'm the one person. So this is this is a childhood favorite. And so it's been over 20 years since my last viewing of it. So does it stand up? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> that's great. We'll no, but that's a good... Because I don't even know... I think I know one of the cast members, but that's only because the curse of having to rent it on iTunes is you cannot... You try to block your eyes for... You only know one of the cast members? Yeah. Wow. I only know one because I try to... Then you're going to be going, wow, every oh, three right. seconds of this movie. That, that's kind of the fun. That's a pretty big cast. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, how, what do you know about Scott? I'm in the same boat. Like I know no, I literally know nothing. I think I can picture the font in my head yeah. on the poster, but that's about it. I thought I could, and then the, whatever the poster is on iTunes, it's a different font than whatever I had uh, in my yeah. head. So like, Who is the actor you know is in it? Oh, but do, I don't want to ruin it for Scott. It's okay. It's okay. It's Peter Weller. Okay, yeah. He's the, the only star. one that I... Yeah, is like the lead. So yeah. his name was first, and then I, I quickly... Pull my eyes away, and I was like, "I don't want to know. I don't want to know." For some reason, I'm picturing I'm going to get you Sucka's uh, font script. For, uh, on <laughs> it's the, pretty close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think okay. it's pretty okay. close. Yeah, yeah, it's in that realm. I'm going to yeah. be doing everything in my power to not be saying the lines at the same time. <laughs> so, uh, oh, that's wow, okay. That, 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 oh, how many times have you seen it then? Since then? No, originally. Like I don't know. I mean, between the ages of ten and eighteen. More. Was this, one of, <laughs> was this one of those ones that you had the VHS tape and you pop it in all the time? Absolutely. And whenever it was on TV or, you know, the old school, what, the movie networks or whatever they were, Super Channel and First Choice and, uh, you know, whatever cable we had at home and whenever it showed up or if it was on, you know, CHCH or whatever, watched every time. Yeah. And where does this fall? Because you didn't actually come to our Logan's Run episode. No. Which you is, were there, right? Ken? No. no. Funny, because I changed my name to Logan as a kid because of that movie. Yeah. I, I told that story <laughs> wow. on the podcast. Amazing. So you love these kind of like oh, yeah. sci-fi 80s Old movies. school, absolutely. If there's the more strings on a ship, the better. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. And when they paint them out, Ryan gets super pissed. Uh, <laughs> you know, I have no idea how annoyed I am with the new Star Trek. Like, they show the old episodes, but all the inter- uh, inter- interstitials have new, uh, you know, like VFX graphic ships floating around, floating planets that are spinning. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. It drives it's, me crazy. Like when, when we did... Um, I still watch them, though. <laughs> for uh, the podcast last year, we did the despecialized A New Hope. Wow. And I did it with a friend who had never seen A New Hope, but also I had Ephraim watch, because Ephraim seen Star Wars you know, dozens of times now, but had never seen the original cut before all the changes were made. Right. And so even, like, the stuff that I... There's all the stuff I knew they had changed. Like, they added the Tauntaun... Or, not Tauntauns, but they added, like, the sand creatures and all those things. But the the stuff that I forgot or didn't think about was all the screens. Like, every every time they kept your screen, they had redone all the graphics for it. And you're cutting back to, like, these, like, Atari-type graphics <laughs> yeah. that were done in 1977. colored, yeah. And that was the stuff that I think tripped you from up the most. It's like, what is that? That's... How is he going to navigate on that? <laughs> I think that's the stuff that messed with him. Uh, well, great. So then let's not talk too much more because I just, I don't want to be anything to be spoiled for us. Also, for those of you at home who can't see, I have a burrito that's getting cold right now. Yeah. So Scott's going to eat his burrito and we're going to rock. And little did you know, I took a bite. Yeah. And Scott could Damn do you. nothing about it. But now you've ruined the, the burrito thing so you, you can stop him. All right. 
Let's watch a movie. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, we just finished. Da, 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 we that's the copyright print, and we can't do that. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not right. <laughs> uh, where the fuck do you start with that? <laughs> All right, oh, wow. I, I, there's a cast. I have questions. Yes. That's a hell of a cast. <laughs> oh, the cast is that's so. I mean, that my brain. I, I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie. First of all, I'm gonna have to admit that. I like zoned in and out, like literally went into like fever dreams. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like I had to, I think my brain was overloaded with information and nonsensical stuff that it started to put me asleep. And it doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. because it was ridiculously engaging on so many levels, but it was putting my brain into a weird coma. I think it's, it's, it's busy in a weird way. It's, yeah. it's busy in set design, it's busy in dialogue, it's busy in things happening. Everything! It is, oh, it is sensory overload, definitely. It seems like there's really a lot of unexplained details. that It felt to me like it was a much bigger movie at one time, and they either just didn't shoot it, or they did shoot it and it didn't work, and they cut it out. And franchise! They were hoping for a franchise! <laughs> I gotta say, it was not only like, overcomplicated detail, but like plot and... Plot and everything. It was just... That's why I, I don't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> oh, glad... Okay, good. good. Oh, yeah, was, you're uh, so not alone. You're not alone. Yeah, so you watched know. it a million times, right? When I was a kid. Yeah. And now it's been over 20 years, and I I, it's, I still love it. <laughs> I still love I, every yeah. moment of that movie. Uh, no matter how... All the stupid ridiculousness of it. Yeah. Here's the... I don't hate it by any means. I think it's, it's full of, like, ridiculous charm. But there's just so but many. This part you've got doctor, scientist, rock star, ninja, <laughs> the Ni- kung fu, neurosurgeon. No, what yeah, is ner- a neurosurgeon? neurosurgeon. Uh, it's <laughs> who took, he like he goes. So the movie starts off with that amazing crawl, which is essentially which is like written on coke. You can only imagine <laughs> like just the, the amount of information that's in that crawl alone is like. This is just screenwriting 101, mm, yeah. but you haven't even shown us a frame of film yet, and you're overloading us with information we can't possibly remember. Yeah. What they're saying is, dive right in, you know the character, you don't need any other information. Just accept him for who he is. This man who is yeah. half Japanese, half you, white. With, yeah, except <laughs> there's, no, there's zero Japanese there outside <laughs> of like the Foot Clan costume he wears at one point. The bandana. That says it all. All that crawl does for me is goes. Don't ask questions. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, you don't so, want to know the yeah. answer. Sit back and absorb. Yes, yeah. that's, that's right. When you see this guy uh, go into a, a car that drives four hundred miles an hour, and then do a, uh, a very important press conference. And then go perform rock and roll that night. It's, that's just a day. And then you find out he's like a comic book. And you character. forgot doing surgery right before that's he drove the right, car. Right when we first meet Jeff Goldblum. That's who he's with. Yeah. Yes. 
Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he's like his surgical assistant, I guess. And then, yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, you're offering me a job? And he has... I can dance. And why was he in the... the but then we never saw him dance. Cowboy yeah. outfit. We never did. He's they, a character because never, all of his, the, 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 uh, the Hong Kong... Uh, <laughs> Uh, group, uh, what do they call the Hong Kong Cavaliers? You should Cavaliers? know their name. <laughs> Hong Kong Cavaliers, they, uh, they, they're they all characters. So, of course, he has to have a character because he's part of the team. Fair enough. But he dresses like a cowboy. He's, call, and, and, and he's and called New Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah. He doesn't really, it doesn't really have a... Does it need to make sense? No. Well, I mean, it fits right in in that yeah. regard. <laughs> yeah. There's no... And, and, and the way he reacts when they, he first shows up, he's even got, like, cowhide luggage. <laughs> Like yeah. he's committed. It's yeah. amazing. But, but it's all in. But it's almost like someone told him to do that. Like the way he reacts to when they show up is like they said, Hey, you have to be you're a cowboy now. And he went and got all the stuff and then realized, oh, none of, this doesn't fit anything, you're just making me do this. <laughs> like it feels like it was a dare. And they never reference it. It's, no. it's so fucking bizarre. Or it's just Jeff Goldblum said, Hey, can I dress up as a cowboy? And they're like, fuck, it can't be weirder than anything else. <laughs> sure. Have sure. At it. Yeah. Hey, have you seen what Lithgow's doing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We don't, I don't even know what the fuck no that accent is. going to notice, right? He's yeah, exactly. doing an accent. It's a mix of Italian, Russian, and... Because uh, I think the character's Emilio or something. I think he's supposed to be Italian. Does, do we hear him speak before he goes through the rock? At the beginning uh, in a flashback? No. He just puts his hand up a lot and is, like, cheering. Yeah, that opening sequence when they're when well they, of him as a younger man before he goes through as yeah. he's electrocuting himself yeah, all what, the time. Are they aliens? What are those people? Are they the creatures? They're aliens. They're yes. Aliens. Well, yeah. I mean, they're yeah. not. They human. don't have accents. <laughs> well, they have a well. Like, no, you've got tribes, right? Accents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've yeah. either got uh, yeah, Rastas or not Rastas. <laughs> well, the Rastas were the good guys. <laughs> they were. Yeah. Yeah, as we clearly established. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> that cast is amazing. Yeah. How? Like, what? So, this was an original screenplay, right? It's not based on a comic book, or is it? No, the no. comic com- came later. Yeah. Incredible. Amazing. Uh, they were real bold, because they set up a sequel that did not happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. It's a real Remo yeah. Williams situation. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But they had it in the back credits. Like even the first here, and this is like a re-release. Well, they had it in Leonard Part Six, but that didn't happen either. But yeah. that was on purpose. Like yeah. that was almost like a joke. But here's the thing: like this is a movie. I'm, I'm, I'm now renting this on iTunes in 2K. That is still part of the film print that they're releasing. This stay tuned for it. Then it's coming. When Back to the Future first came out, it didn't say to be continued. You know. Mm-hmm. Or, when it, when it was first released the first time, it didn't right. have that. It, it was when it was on home video and they knew the sequel was coming yeah. out. Hilarious. Even Back to the Future, which was a huge hit, was not so bold. <laughs> it's the claim. It's like pointing maybe to the stands when you get up to bat, you know? Maybe it's because it's Christopher Lloyd let him know. He's like, hey guys, maybe. You know what? You know <laughs> he doesn't what other, make it though, so it doesn't matter. You know what other movie from the same era uh, did the same thing was Dr. Detroit. What is that? You don't know Dr. Detroit? No. Come back next week wow. for Dr. Detroit. <laughs> it's a black hole. Here yeah, we go. Yeah. You don't know Dr. Detroit. No. Uh, one of Dan Aykroyd's first movies. Fuck. It's, uh, it's terrific. In the same way that this is terrific. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Wow. I'm shocked, actually, that you don't know that one. No, I've never even heard of it. Oh, show him. Yeah, just show him the picture here. Here we go. The, the log line is, he's making the world safe. For insanity. <laughs> My word. Look at that. Just him and a bunch of girls in glamour dresses. Yeah. Shiny. That's That looks like a Saturday Night Live poster. Well, he's essentially a pimp, I think, yeah. in the movie. Oh, sure. people, got, got please, please. There's a Tracy uh, thing going on a little bit yeah. as well. Yeah. Please so pause this for The a continuation moment. of his character from Trading Places. We're, we're looking, he's down and out. For those who, uh, who can't see, which is everyone, uh, <laughs> we are looking at a poster for Dr. Detroit. Yeah, that's right. I said that right, right, Dr. Detroit? Yep. Uh, please Google it while you're, uh, while you're it's, doing it's this. It's worth it. It is worth your, your data. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, uh, this, was a, this was a strange one. It's a very weird movie. So why was the President of the United States in traction? That's one of He had a bad back, questions. and that's how you fixed it. You just, that's you know, just that one of your questions. He was able just to stay functional as a president but while being mobile. But no backstory to that at all. No. There was, like there was a no brief backstory mention. to anything. No. Like, there was no... There used to be in. a longer crawl at the beginning of the movie, but oh they, they shortened it. Right. <laughs> it was just too dense. Right. <laughs> the human mind just couldn't There's comprehend just, that. People were going into shock at the beginning. Holy fuck! It just there is so, just little things like even when they're in that like vagina spaceship thing. John Lithgow's got a framed picture of himself. That's in there. right in the escape pod. <laughs> but who put it in there? He just came from prison. Well, or, it was a mental institution. institution. Yeah. Who Jonathan Banks was his uh, ward or whatever, yeah. that, or security guard. Yeah, security guy. Amazing. Well, you've got this great crew of, of aliens, including the dad from Clueless and Dan Hedaya. Yeah, Dan Hedaya, isn't it? <laughs> Christopher Lloyd, yeah. the other Vincent guy. Vincent Scarilli. Like, Vincent Scarilli, yeah. yeah. Like, it's like this, this amazing uh, character actor uh, cast and oh, yeah. John Lithgow leading the troops. <laughs> and Peter Weller, who kept on reminding me of Cillian Murphy. In this movie, yeah, uh, and then the uh, his best friend, the blonde, uh, yeah, right. what's the perfect name? Perfect Tommy, yeah, perfect, perfect Tommy. Tommy, yeah. Just I kept on thinking he's like Guy Pierce from Memento, <laughs> <laughs> and that guy was such a dick, but also so cool. There's a lot, yeah, but that's the whole thing. It's like he was perfect. What was there like? I don't know. I was trying to count how many times you were going to say, what the fuck, throughout the entire movie. <laughs> I just kind of stopped. Well, the first big one for me was in the, the, the middle of their concert, and then Ellen Burns... Oh, they Burns scene, stop, stop everything. Yeah, it just pulls the Someone's gun out. Someone's crying. She pulls, you yeah. know, first, there's, there's nothing, that. There's nothing more you want when you're crying in a bar as for the guy on stage to point it out and then give you a microphone and shine a spotlight yeah, on you. <laughs> And even his best friend is like, really? But <laughs> like he's calling him on it. Yeah. But then... It's just a girl. That's what he says. <laughs> and she keeps on getting her name wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and then she pulls out a gun with a price tag still on it. <laughs> and then... And that was a what the fuck for me. And then everyone in the band is armed. Yes. And they just rip Everybody's got a pistol. It's like, what the fuck is happening? But I love the fact that they use pistols. Like, it's not like excessive weaponry. They all use yeah. pistols. Yeah. Different shapes of pistols, but pistols. <laughs> but pistols well, that's what killed me. It was like, I loved, because what is this, we, 82, you were 84. saying? 84. 84. Yeah. Is that, you know, it still takes place. It, feel, it doesn't feel like it's the future. Right? It feels like it's present day, but just something happened in the past that gave, like, an alternate present. Yeah. Because they talk about War of the Worlds Mm -hmm. and how that was... Yep. I thought that was actually kind of clever. Yeah. 
That was the one thing that made sense yeah. to me. They, so they say in the movie that War of the Worlds was a real happening. And that they convinced Orson Welles to turn it around after the fact the and say it's a hoax. Yeah. But that happened because of what John Lithgow did. Right? Which was what exactly? Well, the I don't think that they were back in the 19... I, no. That's where I was confused. I don't think that they take place back in the 30s. War of the Worlds took place in the 30s. The no, only thing about New Jersey is that was the first instant of the landing of the aliens. And they, so they've been there since the 30s. Right. Oh, okay. And so John Lithgow's character at the end, I, I was never really clear on what his objective was. He needed to go back. Right. He it's wanted a real to go ET like situation. It is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That was it. It was just that. Or simple. it's kind of like uh, Malcolm McDowell in, in Star Trek Generations. It's like the first touch of the of the of the section, and he needs to go back that entire time, and that's his entire motivation for the the rest yeah. of his life. Okay. I, I I knew that he had to go back, but I wasn't sure if it was going to trigger some sort of like sequence of events or w- what the actual no, end game was. The real threat was uh, the U.S. Starting nuclear war against Russia, or or right. the black aliens in the in the sky going to destroy the Earth if they right. didn't stop them. Right. It was going to, by, war by, was going to happen by creating a situation where yeah. the U.S. president would shoot a nuclear missile at Russia. Yeah, right. Okay, okay. I guess I got it then. I just <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know. But here's the thing that confused me: like around and there that. is no Russia. They they clearly say it's the USSR. It's right. a different time. Right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Good the Cold point. War. Um. I don't get why they were fighting. Like, they both wanted to... Th- this technology seemed interesting for both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, Buckaroo clearly was experimenting with it. Why couldn't they work together? Like, at what point did they just go, oh, we have to fight. You have to be the bad guy. Why didn't you come open arms and say, hey, can we use it too? Yeah. And go home? I'm just I think, saying. I think what he was saying, though, was that they were, they were caught in the middle of a war that was going to destroy Earth. So well, why not let them go home? Because I think the, uh, the the other two sides are fighting. Yeah. Doesn't matter what happens on Earth. It's that the guys in space and the guys on the ground are I hate each other. Right. So it is a race war. So it's like Transformers. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, Transformers ripped this up. Michael Bay, you son of a bitch. There's a lot of influences <laughs> I see in this movie. I think They Live is is comes oh, out definitely. of this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's in one of my black holes. Oh boy. Oh man. You've got like a whole list. It's like you're just Everyone has a list. <laughs> Not that one big. Wow. Hell, that was a film school film for me. <laughs> I know. Uh, and so there was a character towards the end as well, the short guy with the gun who comes in and he sees Penny being The kid? Uh, no, the one that was being held by the kid. Oh, who, they, who was on the bus, and then he goes in and he takes their names when he's trying that's to That's so he's the Secretary of, of Defense, or he's like he's right. He's he the guy with the guns and Ellen Bernstein tied up. That's and right. Doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. That's right. He goes. I don't right. care about yes. your personal business. Yeah. yeah. He sees her half naked, tied up to this thing, and just like about to be fed some sort of giant foot long slug. slug. Yeah. yeah. All the matters is them seconds. delivering the weapons that he's owed. Yeah. That's right. He wants the truck. Seconds. He wants the technology that Buckaroo has in that truck. Okay. That's really all he wants. Well, it isn't. It isn't. He well, he wants uh, what Yo-Yo Dine has been hired right. to deliver to them, which is, I think, ships or, or jets. Right. So they've been hired to build something for the United States government, and they've used that money to build this ship to go home. <laughs> right. I mean, everything about this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so many ways we could take it. 
I'm surprised, though, like, just given in our reboot, remake craze, that this hasn't popped up. It's going to show up, and I'm going to watch. Well, they're making a TV show. Are they really? Yeah, Kevin Smith's behind it. Oh. That's oh, surprising. I that I makes kind of sense. Yeah, it That's really does. That's a better fit for this. Yeah. If sure. you do it, yeah, an anthology, not an anthology series, but an episodic yeah. with these crazy characters, mm-hmm. absolutely. And yeah, they're, they're redoing, the um, uh, what's the other one that they're remaking now with, uh, what's his name in it? I can't name we all need more them. information. <laughs> <laughs> Big Trouble. They're redoing oh, Big yes. Trouble, right? Oh, with uh, Dwayne the Rock. Yeah, yeah, that's the remake. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize he was cast. In yeah, Dwayne no Johnson. way. He's kind of behind it. He's really. He's been the oh, know, wow. spearheading it. Maybe yeah. he'll be uh, Buckaroo Bonsai Maybe too. Maybe this will spawn yeah more Buckaroo. It'll be more interesting to see remakes. from a casting perspective if when they cast a Buckaroo Banzai, if he'll truly legitimately be... Uh, half Japanese? Half Japanese. Oh, uh, yeah. Here's the thing, then. That's why it's like... I'm Because I'm, I think there's some interesting things going on in here. I think, like, when you said that it feels like it, it was just hacked down to nothing, and they went... It's just crazy and bonkers. People will embrace that because we're coming out of the age of counterculture... Mm-hmm. Where people don't care. It's just wonky and cool and fucking weird. That, that, that movie is a fashion show. Yeah, it that's really David is. Bowie on 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 like hyperdrive. Yeah. yeah, but that's why it's like I think for me I would I would check out the a TV show version of this just because I think especially if someone like Kevin Smith's behind it, it's like, I feel like they're gonna flesh it out a bit more and it's gonna be just a bit streamlined. And cohesive. Yeah, I, I hope they kind of hope it, it isn't. <laughs> yeah, I hope they kind of keep it like as charming as this is. Like the production design in this movie yeah. is so cheap and crappy. It's like the studio said to the guys, "Like we don't have any money, but we have the keys to this old warehouse that's full of junk. Go make a movie. Why don't you go and see what you can make out of that? Yeah, you know? use whatever you want. Which is incredible. Like it's so much fun to look at the stuff that they have. And this is before like the real technology boom. I guess that happened, you know, ten years later or whenever that was. So their technology wasn't great to begin with, but when you look at these things that they put together, it's like these BMX armor uh, torso pads with snorkels taped to them, and, and they're wearing these like bubble wrap glasses yep. that they all seem to have. Those for bubble some wrap reason. glasses were the. It's like this is a film school. It's in, it's like below <laughs> film school, but it's yeah. amazing. Like it's just so. But they're also cut into the shape of the like rock faces. That's yes. right. But it's almost like it's because the movie wants to feel like it's this big, you know, it's coming on the heels of Star Wars and that kind of stuff. So it wants to feel like this big sci-fi movie, but it's got these touches that we would later associate with someone like Michel Gondry. Yeah, absolutely. Of stuff like that. Like those homemade, it's got that, this weird homemade quality to it. Very much so. Which is charming. But it doesn't fit. Like, there's all these things that just don't fit together. Sure. Like, <laughs> that's, the, that's the charm of it, of a, a, I think. A modern equivalent of this is like Bubba Hotep. Yeah. With, uh, with, yeah, yeah, with yeah. Um, I was going to say Bruce Ash, Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like taking, taking this kind of crazy shit, batshit story uh, at no budget, basically, and just like, go, and, and bring it to life. Yeah. Or John dies at the end. You know, like those kind of stories. Yeah, you know, I, I, it actually impressed me that you know the visual effects were as good as they were um, for that year. Yeah, there was there was nothing that was so egregiously bad. Like it actually looked pretty decent. Even like when he's going through the mountain. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That the, the yeah. wormhole yeah. crap. Well, well yeah. we are like what seven years after Star, the first Star Wars. 
You know, so the, the, the you know. But I, I mean, know. if you look at the uh, you know things like Ghost, even Ghostbusters Two was like way below the level that of some of the stuff they did here. So we know where their money went. It was not on production <laughs> yeah, design. I, I think so. Yeah, they did a really nice job. It was job. in cast. <laughs> That's true too. Yeah. <laughs> so who who's the director for this, and what else have they done? What's his name? Rector, uh, W. Rector. Which to is the internet. <laughs> yeah, because I W. D. Rector. I didn't recognize the name. What else did they do? Uh, Wait, W. On... Director? Yeah, that sounds like uh, a big name. <laughs> I, I let that one go. Director? Someone took their D- name off the movie. R- Richter. Oh, Richter. Yes, it's yeah. close. Someone took their name off the movie. He was known for the 1978 version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, there you go. He's, uh, he did some stuff. He did some stuff. Uh, let's go into your filmography, sir. I could almost do like but yeah. So time. you're right. He he also directed Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, yeah, makes a lot okay. of sense. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Well, it's, it's, John it's, it's, Carpenter directed. Oh, you're right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So but he was he, one he of the writers. writers who wrote it. He, uh, wrote, it. he okay. wrote the adaptation because I think that was based on a comic book. Right. Yeah, I could almost. I almost want to like watch this again with as a drinking game for the for the weird prop and just like <laughs> every time I was confused, take a sip. Not a yeah. shot, because I'd be dead. I'd have alcohol poisoning by the by the end of the first act. So he was mostly a writer. Yeah. yeah. So directing this was like probably because he produced and directed this one, but he was mostly a writer. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. It's so not Body Snatchers, Dracula in nineteen seventy nine, uh, Bonsai, Big Trouble in Little China, Needful Things, the Stephen King. Uh, Oh, oh wow. feature! Um, yeah, cool. That's interesting. Well, that's just—I mean, really—it's not a well-directed film. Like there's like the, just the way it's <laughs> and it, shot. It's the only one he did. The, yeah, <laughs> shocking. But just oh, the way it's shot and, and staged, and pieced and together, stuff. and yeah, it's yeah. got it's got holes. Um, but I I heard a podcast not that long ago um, where he talked about like the interference that was there and. How, How much uh, interference people, could there have been? This is from the studio? Well, he's, yeah, from the studio and from, I guess, his financiers were, um, uh, you know, kind of mobsters. <laughs> and they really gave him a hard time. About he, what? <laughs> just, it was... Show this more of Ellen's boobs. <laughs> he said after a while they gave up, and he suspected that they gave up, so he started doing really crazy stuff just to test his theory that they weren't watching the dailies anymore. So some, like, that, you know when they walk past that watermelon... And he yeah. said, what's that watermelon for? And he yeah. goes, I'll explain it later. He said that was the test. He put the watermelon scene in <laughs> to see if the if the uh, financier who'd been giving him such a hard time would say anything. But here's to see the, if he's watching the dailies. But here's the thing that kills me. I can see throwing that in there for one of the takes just to mess with the financiers and see if they mention anything. It's in the fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, no, they had... They had more watermelons, That's what makes too. it better. He said yeah. they went to the market that morning, and there was, like, cheap watermelons. And they said, we got to do something with these watermelons. <laughs> and that's how slapdash a lot of the movie was. Guys, this watermelon's got to get in the movie. <laughs> yeah. We're going to make this watermelon stays in the star. picture. <laughs> wow. That's 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 or I'm out of here. That says a lot. Because the joke was that this, this mobster guy... Told him he didn't like the fact that uh, Peter Weller was wearing the, 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 the red glasses. The red glasses. And so he said, You're only allowed to have those in the movie three times. And he said, On the third time, the guy goes, Why are these still in the movie? I'm shutting the movie down. And he said, You gave me three times. And he said, No, I said two. And he said, Someone there, luckily, another guy was there who said, No, you did say three. 
And that guy's and dead so, now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so the guy went, okay, okay, but uh, no, like you know, no more, no glasses. more screwing around, basically. Yeah, so it was like a they were micromanaging things to that level. So you got to imagine that you know it's you know this is being shot probably in 1982. Yeah, if it came out in '84, being fi- you know being taken around in '81. So you got to imagine. These guys have financed this movie with mobsters based on the heels of stuff like Star Wars mm-hmm. and expecting Star Wars money <laughs> to yeah. come back. And these mobsters were probably expecting Star Wars when they first started watching the Daily. Know what this thing know. grossed? Yeah, they said he said when people were asking questions about it and saying like this doesn't make any sense. He said, "Just pretend it's on an alternate Earth. That's how. That's the way to get through it. Is just imagine that it's not our Earth. Don't worry. I'm gonna. I'm gonna write an opening crawl that'll explain. The, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Explain the whole thing. all your questions. Well, Star Wars started with an opening crawl. That was simple. Because what? they had two previous, three previous fake movies to explain. <laughs> yeah, it's true. This one was just like was like. Oh, and also there's aliens above the Earth. Was how the crawl ended. Yeah. Oh, also, by the way, yeah, you're, we're, we're going to show that about ten minutes in. Yeah. Don't be alarmed. That's right. We're just going to throw that out here now. Well, I, I it's like, like everything that. in the kitchen sink. <laughs> it's, it grossed uh, six point three million uh, worldwide, but also in the U.S. So they didn't actually get exterior numbers. <laughs> what was the budget for the movie? Uh, let's see, all box office data doesn't say ten okay. bucks. <laughs> but it's like what's. I mean, here's the thing. It's, you know, this came out in 84. Now, I'd be so curious to know how many of them were friends going into that saying, you know, let's just have a blast. Let's get drunk every night. Yeah. Let's make this party. So I don't think it was drunk. <laughs> okay. So uh, they're high as kites and they're and it's like, all right, Ellen, Jeff, uh, you're with me on this, right? Uh, you know, I, I know we can get Clancy on board. You know, he just did Highlander. He needs to do something that's a little less, you know, like toned down. So, yeah. It's 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 kind of amazing in in, in that right. This is a huge oh no, I guess this is before Highlander, so he's not as big as he is as the Kurgan and Baldwin. Yeah, Clancy yeah. Brown. No, it's fascinating. To me. It's a fascinating movie because it's like because here we are. It's twenty five years later, thirty five years later, eighty four, yeah. thirty five, yeah, eighty five. You know, and we are talking about it. You know, it's something that we are aware it exists. So it's like, what's it became a cult classic, I think, just for how bonkers it is, right? Yep. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. 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 And for but, the cast, and for, you know, um, yeah. It's kind of like Repo Man in that regard. It's like, yeah. uh, just... It's, it's, it's a movie there. that really should be a bad movie, but there's something about it that elevates it just above that, enough to, like, make you want to keep watching it. Well, there's, like, a, a charm to it in that it doesn't seem to give a fuck. Yeah. Which is... I mean, there is a veneer of cool to it. What's the comedy element to it, right? I mean, it's not a straight sci-fi action film. I mean, it's a comedy. Yeah. It's meant to be stupid. But it's almost just like half-winking at you, where I wanted... I'm like, just full wink. You know (laughs) who you are. Like, the only person I think that knows what movie they're in is Jeff Goldblum. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, when he's, like, looking at himself in the cowboy outfit going, why am I... Like, there's that moment when they first... They made me look out. Yeah. Are they making fun of me? Oh, yeah, says, or like yeah. the first moment he's able to like see the aliens as they are, he's like keeps uh, like <laughs> giving the side eye. Yeah. eye but you know that that, that Goblin, like those got to be all improvs. I, I can't imagine, imagine that like the the, the the writer was self aware enough yeah. 
to do those. I think those are all improvs that he left in. Mm-hmm. You know, I would but say absolutely. You can see like so based on 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 connecting this writer with Big Trouble in Little China, you can see the elements of his writing and what style went into that next film. You know that because oh, yeah. that was also like an awesome, ridiculous comedy yeah. action film. But at least that you can draw a straight linear line. Well, he got better. <laughs> yeah, like there's there's a narrative there that kind of makes sense. Mm. Well, <laughs> well, I just watched that yeah, not too a guest on and I did that. Um, it I shows mean, his that love of got Asian a hero, culture, though, right? That, I mean, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That one's got a hero who doesn't actually do anything, right? In that movie, yeah, it's true. He just kind of is a is a passenger in that movie, the whole way. Yep. Yeah, other than a you know a couple of fight you know yeah. fist fights, but that's it. Yeah, and there was no third film in this unofficial trilogy. No, let's make it. Well, <laughs> maybe well, Body Snatchers was the first. Uh, yeah, the maybe first of the three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then it just went off the rails. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> even that would have been a remake at that point. Because that's oh, that like was a, definitely you know, a remake. Yeah, I mean, even I mean at that time. Uh, if that's is that the Donald Sutherland one? I is think one so. It would have to be. Yeah. yeah. And that's also the one that SCTV started to spoof. And that's Go- Goldblum as well, right? Cabbages out of the back of their head. Is that Goldblum in that? I haven't seen that movie since I was like a, a young. That teenager. may so that may be how he got hooked up with Goldblum. Maybe. Well, Goldblum was just starting out at this point. I mean, he. Well, how? What year was the fly? Like at this point, he's already he's a been name. Around. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's all so. This is the kind of movie that I just want to do a deep dive Two years into. Later, the Fly was eighty six. Fly yeah. was later, yeah. And Earth Girls are easy. But yes, this is the one. Earth with Girls are easy. And Jeff Goldblum is in that as well. Yeah. Who has seen Earth Girls are easy here? Oh my god! Oh, I yeah. saw in the theater. <laughs> oh, you haven't, Scott? I haven't seen it. No. Part two. It's one of Jim Carrey, Carrey's first movies. Really? Yeah. It's Gina Davis. That. Uh, Gina Davis. I remember because she's Goldblum, on the poster. Yeah. Uh, Jim Carrey and who and Damon Wayans. Really? One of the Wayans. Yes, that's right. Oh, God. Yeah, one of the Wayans is the other one. Yeah. No, well, I mean, it was probably someone like Keenan Ivory at that point. No, no, it was Damon. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was the like young baby? one. He was, yeah, he's very young in it. Well, they all are. Well, of. I mean, it was after Beverly Hills Cop, which Damon had done. Yeah. Amazing. See, that's another, that one, uh, I love it. I hate, I actually strongly dislike that movie. Really? <laughs> I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I watched it when I was a kid and I loved it for some reason. I don't know why, but I'm sure if I watched it now, it would be unwatchable. Oh, it's dated and not good. I bet. Yeah, it's not good at all. Let's do it! I mean, it's fun to see Jim Carrey in an early role, and it's always a joy to see Jeff Goldblum, but the movie itself is just not good. No. I still remember the poster. It's such a bizarre, wonky... Wow, the 80s, man. They yeah, made some strange no ones. No doubt. That's another one where aliens just show up. That's right. Like Meatballs 2. Oh, yes. <laughs> Meatballs 2. Well, it's interesting because it was a, t- it was a period of time where like, we finally just had enough technology where we could start doing some of this stuff, yeah. right? <laughs> and you know, now we're at a point where if you can think of it and you, you can have the it. money, you can do it. That's yeah. true. Yeah. So now we're just like really, exp- you know blowing our brains out doing these big giant epic movies all the time um so it's interesting these waves we go in where it's almost like to the point where it's like well what happens next now that you can do anything it's like what happens when we're bored of that (laughs) no but that's just it it's like i think it's almost it has to get to the point where well now it has to just be more immersive and more yeah i think it's got to revert back to story and we're just going to figure out a way to use this 
CGI technology to really tell good stories and enhance well, they, these good stories. You know? Yeah, but then I think in terms of just like the technology aspect, I think it's just we start we're going to start getting more, and then a lot of the, a lot of theaters are doing it anywhere where it's just going to turn into VR experiences, and you're going to see bigger and better versions of that for people to, that want to take it to the next level. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's glasses free, te- glasses free VR and glasses free 3D will be next. That's bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad we. Re- I'm. I'm. I. I love that I. You know, got to revisit this one, and now I'm going to subject my children to it. Uh, yeah. I. I don't know if my son would be able to handle this movie. <laughs> or maybe you know he's young enough that or he'd love he'll it. like yeah he'll be way ahead of all of us. Yeah, because you know, it does feel like the kind of movie that you almost have to be young and and unimpressionable. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, you know, like open to anything at that point to yeah. like really absorb everything that's going on. With him, though, he's got a weird structure brain. I think it would just yeah. break him. I think it would just break <laughs> his little mind. But I mean, I think I've got forty eight hours left in this rental period. Oh, there you go. Know. Get him out here. And I'll wake him up. In get the him out of bed. Like, yeah, let's get him in here. Now. I got something for you. <laughs> I know the shit my son watches. He'll watch it. <laughs> this is, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is significantly better. So yeah. the the budget for this movie was twelve million. Which is oh, a so lot. it only made half back, which is, which is, a is lot. quite a lot for and 1984. Just to put that into comparison, RoboCop was actually 13 million, yeah. only, which is actually really surprising to me. Uh, back to the Future was 19, so they weren't you know as low as it may appear when you're looking at the movie. So this was the same year as Back to the Future, or a year earlier, 85. Wow. So see now I want to know. See now here's the here's the movie I want to make. I want to make the movie about this behind the scenes with the mobsters that are funding this movie. Because who who ended up in a concrete slab because they lost <laughs> half the investment? Exactly. <laughs> like I imagine over no, time. No, this is the golden age of video. They didn't lose any money. They got they, it back. They, yeah. They got yeah. Very rich yeah. Off Blockbuster and every other uh, video store in the world who had copies Absolutely. and. And for those who lost the call, you still had to pay a hundred and something dollars to pay back to the store. So twelve million, you gotta imagine that at least half of that is going to cast. At the very least, I would think. With a cast like that for for sure. sure. Like if not more, and that's how they got all those names. Yeah. And then went and then the the, the production designer was like, hey, how much money do I have yeah. in my uh, thing? They're like, we owe you. I also, I also think it's one of those lucky movies where it, it just so happens that a good portion of the cast happened to hit. That's you right. You know, every now and then, like Diner, and there's like a lot of yeah. those movies where you go, what? You know, like there's no way they would have been able to afford that cast if they were all stars already. Um, it's just they luckily got them just before they broke. Because who is... Um, who is uh, Perfect Tommy? Like, he didn't hit, right? No. And Peter Weller, what had he done at this point? He was well, handsome in this. Oh, yeah. He's, <laughs> well, so, Peter Weller... He would have done that uh, He would have done that, tele- that TV one. What was the... Um, with the TV on the cover? Um, that, what was it? Uh, that weird one. Uh, something... No dro- Videodrome? Had that been done at that time? Uh... I don't know. Is he in Videodrome? I don't know. I'm no, Peter, Peter Weller is not in Videodrome. Is he not? Who I don't think so. No. I don't he really was... Or is it Altered States or something? He's in mm. like some weird... He really just had a few movies beforehand and, you know, a couple of... Uh... Yeah, fascinating. Well, because even like he, after this, he did Robocop and then... Yeah, Robocop yeah. is after this. And then he did... He played... Um, um, 
that writer, right? Who was that? The and even just the writer who mur- killed his wife in Mexico. Um, what's his name? But then after that, like he, I mean, he doesn't really have weird a huge one. career by any means outside of RoboCop and that franchise. Who wrote the story about turning to a cockroach? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, Naked Lunch. Yeah, Naked Lunch. That's it. So that well, was he did Leviathan movie. and he did the other RoboCops. And oh, Leviathan. Yeah, Leviathan's pretty big. Yeah. yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah, Screamers. I like well. I mean, that that's sort of in the same realm as this in the in space, but you mm-hmm. know, a favorite of mine. Yeah, he was like a B, kind of almost a B movie guy. Yeah. yeah, he was he was big in the eighties, but then like the only time I remember after him was when he uh, had that arc on Dexter. Dexter, right? Yeah, yeah, and he showed up and was like, "Oh, that's Peter Weller." Yeah, they all pocket marked in the face. Yeah, and yeah, he uh, yeah. I don't know, uh, you know, yeah, he's one of those guys that just didn't make it out of the early nineties. He's got his RoboCop money. He's fine. <laughs> if he invested well, he's yeah. doing just fine. <laughs> well, he probably did okay on uh, being the voice of Batman in Dark Knight Returns. No, there you go. Oh, yeah, uh, he does he voice stuff. Harder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was so good in it, too. That older, grisly Batman in the, you know, in the fall of Gotham. And it's just, I don't know. It's such a great story. All the then things. they made shitty sequels. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm fascinated to see what, what, uh, they do with the TV series. Likewise. Because, uh, wow. What, uh, a, a treasure trove of nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a Roald doll <laughs> book or something. Yeah, but it also just felt like, and it's, it's not surprising that the director didn't really, you know, have a, a, a much of a directing career, because you kind of get the sense, especially at this point, that people are just like, I'm sure he... He was the most collaborative, fun guy to work with. Because it doesn't feel like any idea got left off the table. Yeah. Right, exactly. Like, there was zero filter through which any of this was going through. Someone had an idea. He's like, let's try it. <laughs> Cheap watermelons. Sure. <laughs> Get them in there. Like, <laughs> right down to the credit sequence. Yeah. Them, like, just walking towards camera. Just the, yeah. yeah I strange. still maintain whoever spray-painted Buckaroo Bonsai, <laughs> that is an exclamation mark at the end. It says Bonza. We need to figure out where in the L.A. River that was and go and see if that graffiti's still there. Yeah. So hopefully someone's keeping and it alive. And if not, we'll just put it up somewhere. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Just put it up right here. That's right. <coughs> You'll have it. to watch movies over it and paint we're, over we're it. We're going to have some police it. officers come by and be like, not again, every fucking weekend. <laughs> someone give us a bridge butter pods out here. Every goddamn time. I, I got to throw out a, a quick shout out to uh, to my my uh, close uh, friend Schnitzel Boy, who is the one who, when I was growing up, is this a legal name? Uh, his name's Joel. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the two of us, uh, this is this is what connected us as as, as he's my best friend, and uh, kids are my nephews and nieces. But this film, when we were 12, 13 years old, is what made us best friends. So it's 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 a full on because you both loved it. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah, so it's like you know he's you know eventually you know like gonna do the same shit with uh, with this and his ch- oh poor children <laughs> his won't be able to handle this. <laughs> so on that note, so what were the movies that were like that for you two? Like that the movies that you just like would pop in over and over again as a kid. Well, that's a great that's a great question. Um, mine was probably Top Secret. Oh yeah, oh, good movie. I watched Absolutely. Top Secret obsessively. Good movie. Yeah. Uh, Raiders was e- easily my yeah. movie. I I borrowed that uh, from a friend who had rented it, 
and they loaned it to us for, you know, overnight. And I basically just would watch it and rewind it and watch it and rewind it. And I watched it as many times as I possibly could until it had to go back to the video store. And yeah. Then, Mine know, was Return, Return to Oz was one for me yeah. for some reason. I don't know why. They, the video store eventually gave it to me. Because I was the only one. <laughs> the only guy. To, yeah. And who knows how much money I I've paid still for only movies. seen half of that movie. Oh, it's... It, it, the, the projector at wow. the theater burnt out in the middle. Oh, no. And that was the last time I saw it. Wow. <laughs> Directed by... I should do it for the podcast. I really should because I think it's, it's something a lot of people haven't seen. Directed by Walter Murch. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and uh, and that and I think Who Framed Roger Rabbit was a big That's one. That's a big one, yeah. And Little Shop of Horrors, I wore yeah. out my tape. I learned all the songs and like uh, yeah, that was a big one for me yeah, too. Yeah, little shop. Stand the only me, time I ever burned through a tape. Amazing. Uh, yeah, the original Bill and Ted's and Spaceballs. Those two took over as the yeah. ones that I watched to the thousandth degree. I uh, just got the Blu-ray for Bill and Ted. I'm dying to watch it. I think my kids are old enough they could watch it. Mm, I don't think there's any. Maybe. I saw 1989. Um, it was like the craziest year in comedy. And Bill and Ted's Big Adventure came out on the same day as The Burbs. Oh, wow. Excellent adventure. Burbs is a big top movie. Oh, what did I say? <laughs> big, big Adventure. Big Adventure? Yeah, yeah. Excellent Adventure. Came out on the same day as The Burbs. Like, that's like two of the greatest comedies in my mind. The Burbs is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And then you the look Burbs. through that year and it's like every week, comedy, 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 comedy. It's like we just don't have that anymore. Batman. And then Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that was kind the summer of Batman, 89. Funny. Wow, I was and that was just, and we were, and it was just starting to. Um, it's Keaton leaving the comedy, but yeah. that's right. Yeah, although I mean, he's still very funny in Batman. It's a funny movie. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of comedic elements to that. For sure. I wonder if like the reason for all those comedies in that year wasn't because they were just starting to do like the VCR boom. Even though VCRs had been out for a while, mm-hmm. then it was still very much a rental yeah uh, thing. Like. People were buying them more often on their own, right? Because E.T. had just come out on VHS for the first time. Because Spielberg was trying to do, like, the Disney Vault thing. Yeah. Whereas, like, they just got re-released every couple of years. And then suddenly realized they could make $30 billion if they <laughs> put it out on tape. Um, and so I wonder if it wasn't that that home video was starting to explode more. Yeah, And maybe. so there was more of a market for that kind of thing. Mm. It could be. I mean, it was pre-CGI, too, so it was, you know, um, uh, action and, uh, and, uh, and sci-fi and stuff had a much smaller footprint because, um, you know, the they didn't CD have the technology. The music source was really needed, just coming to fruition. They needed to, to fill that shelf yeah. at Blockbuster. And it was low budgets back when they had, or medium budgets. And there was a big comedy star system that they don't have today. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when Steve Martin was making, you know, two movies a year, um, you know, that's true. They just Richard don't have that. Was, yeah. yeah, it was a, it was a real golden age. Yeah, and now we're just everything's all over the place. Now it's you know well, just, now it's just, just remakes. Yeah, yeah. It's remakes and, and CGI yeah. and action yeah. and you know now that animated making an animated CGI movie is cheaper than making a you know um, a medium budget comedy. Yeah, that's what they do. They make all the movies on computers now. Yeah. Bonkers. Even yeah. what men want is a direct, you know, remake of yeah. what women want. That's right. And, yeah. Well, but there's even, a Dirty Rotten Scoundrels genre swip this year. Uh, yeah. Genre swip. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah it's um, Anne Hathaway. 
Oh, really? Uh, and, and Rebel Wilson? Yeah. And what the Splash is? Aren't they redoing Splash with uh, what? Uh, what's and his name? Chris Hemsworth. Chan Tatum. Tatum. Chan Tatum. Yeah, yeah, that's right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing a gender swap. They're just going through the eighties catalog. Yeah, just like. Well, they really are interesting gender swaps all Literally. across the map. Yeah. But why not? Because you haven't even seen any of those movies. They can do. I've <laughs> seen some of these movies. God damn it, Ken! They're all new to you, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm a little bit younger than you three. That's Don't be right. mean to me. Doctor <laughs> Detroit's coming out next summer. Don't you choose right. <laughs> gender swapped. Doctor Detroit. Don't movie shame me. Uh, I would I I am all in for Dr. Detroit I, I just love that I know nothing about it besides that poster I want to continue to know nothing about it until I watch it because that poster just and then after me. you watch it you wish you still knew nothing yeah, about it right. yeah that's right like, oh, can I go back <laughs> to that go back yeah. yeah can I go back to that, that perfect time in no, my life where no sometimes in life you have to experience that moment <laughs> you can't go back to just walk, looking at posters and what better way to do it than with friends that's right that's right yeah did everyone see the Ghostbusters teaser trailer? Yeah. 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 I got so excited. This will, this will be months <laughs> later now. This, this <coughs> That's right. That came out today, so you know when we did this. It's uh, yeah. yeah. I was just really impressed by how, because I, I was just talking to somebody the other day about how it's like, there's no secrets anymore. Yeah. Like, And I'm just kind of really impressed that the point where you know they announced Jason yesterday... In our timeline, you of uh, future listeners, mm-hmm. and then today there's a teaser. All of a sudden, yeah. like, oh fuck! It's like th- that. This has been going for a while, and they kept it under wraps. Yeah, because uh, I just listened to a podcast that Jason did for the Front Runner, which just came out, that was recorded in the fall, and they were talking, and someone asked him point blank, "It's like, you know, given where you come from and who your father was, do you have any interest in those kind of movies? And he's yeah. like, no, I really, really don't. <laughs> and he fucking lied. <laughs> he blatantly lied to this poor podcaster. Uh, I think it was the happy, sad, confused guy, too. Oh. Who lies to that guy? Nobody. He's the sweetest fucking guy in podcasting. So he blat- So Jason Reitman, I will watch your movie, <laughs> but I don't trust you. <laughs> uh, yeah, very exciting. Any final thoughts? I would say that it's a shame they don't make movies like that anymore. I agree yeah. wholeheartedly. It's so much fun to watch. Like when you say movies like that, you mean nonsensical, like totally, just, <laughs> just totally go for crazy. It. Yeah. Go for it. Experiments on you film. Know, yeah. Fun. Let the filmmaker do what the fuck That's he wants right. to do. Yeah, exactly. Get, See what happens. Absolutely. I think those are movies they made all the time. They don't get released. No, I, maybe. I, I disagree. I, just, I don't think you need they, to go to more indie film festivals. Yeah, well, maybe that's the case. <laughs> yeah, but with maybe. a cast like that. Yeah, that's right. But that's what it is too. But it is like because there are fewer films being released than there are now. Yeah, or just films being made. Like there's well, there's not fewer films being made. That's for sure. That's what I mean. There's yeah. are there's fewer films being released right. or going out because that back then is just they they had to fill like, like you were saying they had to they needed content. Yeah. Where now we're not we're not lousy for content anymore. Yeah. So I, I, I do I do think that there are movies that are being made, is they're not ever getting to our attention. But that's why it's being made for television. That's why it's get, like getting the, the HBO stamp and the and the Netflix stamp Netflix, and the yeah. Amazon and, yeah. and uh, But they're not being made stamp. on that scale with that cast, you're yeah. right. Like you're not getting a bunch of friends getting together and goofing around. I mean that's a that's a twenty five million dollar movie by today's standards. That's a lot of money. Absolutely. Sure. Or yeah. more. Right. Yeah. I mean, the closest thing that I see to this in terms of, like, you know, famous people fucking around is, like, Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah. Like, you feel like, you know... And that, that, well, that, like, that's Suicide very, Squad is a bigger... Uh, you know, I didn't say no. it was good. 
This is better than Suicide Squad. I know. By a long shot. Absolutely. No, but at least, I mean, Thor Ragnarok, I feel like... Oh, my dude, they tried in that one. That's the difference. Yeah. <laughs> That's, right. That's a big difference. But I look at someone like Taika, and I look at the, the kind of tone he has, and not only just, you know, Thor, but it's like, you know, we'll, you know uh, what we do in the shadows, yeah. and that kind of stuff. It's like, you get this irreverent sense of humor that comes out of something like this. Like, I gotta imagine that he was a fan of these movies. Yeah. You know, yeah. someone like him that just has this irreverent sense of humor. Absolutely. And someone like that should have made Ready Player One. <laughs> you don't like Ready Player One? The movie? Yeah. No. Oh, I loved it. A lot of people said they didn't like it. I liked the, it a lot. A lot of those people read the book. Yeah, I think that's I read the, the book. I, I, I read didn't the read the book and I really liked the movie. I read so. the book and I thought, it's just like, but it's just that you couldn't make that book into a movie. That's, well... The, you couldn't, yeah. You couldn't afford to make that book into a movie. Yeah. Well, it just also would have been too long. It just wouldn't have like the timeline for. It. I thought it was one of those rare cases where you know they, they dove line, they they go off in different directions, but they kept the heart of it, and I thought it made sense. I liked it. My uh, my nine year old at the time turned to me and says, "Did Steven like the credits roll?" And he literally turns to me out loud and says, "Did Steven Spielberg even read that book? <laughs> <laughs> Did he read the book? Yeah, yeah." funny yeah it's a nine-year-old watching a movie and that's how i was like i had my first geek moment with my son <laughs> like, this is the best moment of my life where he actually understands what, what we it, do now i gotta know what about it because this this is this is this is uh it was francisco they talk about booker bonsai what didn't you like about ready player one the movie uh it it became too spielbergy in the end it became but he was the director i understand but i mean you're taking this that's I, what he does. I he know it's what he does. It made there was the element. I don't know. It was, it's hard to explain other than the fact that uh, I think it could have been taken even further, like not seriously, but uh, uh, I think that the changes that they made in order to get the story going, and other than having like one license of property line, like dictate the entire storyline as opposed to being spread out a little bit more. Yeah, but that's probably a lawyer. Like that was I can't. No, it's a legal thing. I mean, like I said, like you can't afford to actually make the book because the references in a book that you can write for free. But given that, like the the amount of stuff that is in there is phenomenal. Sure. You know, I can't imagine the poor lawyers, the team of lawyers that had to do. I'm not saying it was an easy movie to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but there's just exceptionally cheesy moments for me that I think that that just didn't work for me. But if but the cheesy stuff works for me because it's the but I wasn't pissed off really is, about the storytelling. I just yeah. didn't like it as a whole. My son okay. hated it because it wasn't the book, and that's why I thought it was interesting. See, it's interesting. I watched the movie and then read the book right after. That's probably a better sequence. Yeah, and I mean, and sometimes that is because I was able to go, oh, interesting, and then I say, like, I can see why you didn't do this and do that, and then I saw the movie again right after, and I was like, oh, yeah, I don't really. This is all fine. I was fine. <laughs> the funny part is, is that it took me four times to try to read the book. Like I tried on three separate occasions, and I couldn't get past the first chapter. I read the book in one sitting. Wow! Shoot through the whole thing. Like, it, was, it is a very light book. It is. It's, it's a lot of pages, but, but you can breeze through that. Yeah. For whatever reason, I tried th- on three separate times to even start to read it, and I couldn't get into it. Maybe it was my connecting to the writer's like style. Yeah. And on that fourth time. Uh, we blazed through it and it yeah. was just like something triggered and I just was open to reading at that point I don't think actually it's a very well written book 
<laughs> I think it's interesting. I think it's a it's a great idea and it's a lot of fun. And I miss all the rush. There was not enough was rush. So strange in that book. Nobody has any problem getting anything done in that book. Right. No. They just kind of roll right through, and everyone has a great time. And that's and I, and that's where I think I thought the movie was. I don't want to say better, but I thought it worked really well because I felt like it was a movie. Yeah. Where I felt like the book, yeah, things just kind of things just kind of. I've never seen an adventure book where there's no roadblocks. <laughs> it was really an interesting kind of structure. Well, even just the fact. Well, I mean, yeah. spoiler for those who haven't read the book, but even just like, is it Ogden? Ogden is the yeah. Simon Pegg character. Yeah. Like he basically just comes in and saves him at the end. Yeah. He's like, hey, you guys are all in danger. Come to my house where it's a hundred percent safe. <laughs> and then Spielberg goes, no, I'm gonna put them in the back of a fucking truck, being chased by everyone while this is happening, as opposed to in a safe room in the middle of the country, a country house. You know, so there's that, if nothing else, and just made it more immediate, made everything, made them yeah. things happening, and made it accountable. Where I think that's that's a very fair criticism of the book that everything just, you know, because he spends, he goes off and like lives in another city. For half well, of the he, book. he's in hiding because they're he's, they're trying to kill him. Yeah, yeah, but that's boring to watch. And I wouldn't even frame it as a criticism because it, I really did enjoy it. Like uh, I thought it was a ton of fun. Yeah, well, I, and, I enjoyed it as a nice breezy read. Yeah, and the Dato like, and Shoto thing. I mean, that was a fascinating thing because they change Shoto to show and make him Japanese to Chinese and a small kid. But the whole idea of Dato and Shoto is that they're characters. They actually made them brothers in the movie as opposed to just No, they friends. weren't brothers in the movie. Yeah, they were. In the movie, they were actually brothers. One is Japanese and one is a small Chinese kid. Nope, they're brothers. They're actually Dato brothers. and Sho. think you're wrong. Not in the I movie. Me that was part of the thing that bugged me. They were brothers in the book. Nope, in the book they were not. They had never even met in real life. You need to read this book again. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> no, in, in the movie, in the book, they had never even met in real life. But they played... They played, they teamed up as brothers inside the world. Right. But they'd never met in real life. No, but also the character names. Dato and Shoto are Japanese characters. That was, oh, so sure. changing the name to show is just like wiping out the reference. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I streamlining it. Anyway. My, biggest problem, my biggest problem out of all the problems with the uh, book to movie was that the book had a lot of Ferris Bueller's Day Off in it. Mm-hmm. And the movie had none. <laughs> they had, the, the, the walkthrough he had to do, yeah. that was my favorite part, was like him doing I was like, I could do that challenge. <laughs> I could do every single line from Ferris Bueller's Day Off and probably get it right. Yeah, I like the nerdy stuff of it because a lot of it connected. But then there's yeah. some stuff like the the Buckaroo Bonsai, which I was like, oh, now I need to, to go through. Switching it over to The Shining was an interesting... I actually like that sequence. Yeah, and I yeah. like the sequence, but at the same time, it's like, okay, that's a very... That's very specific. That's much more interesting than going through Ferris Bueller's Day Off. As much as I love Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Easy now. No, no, no. As much as I... As much as I love Ferris Bueller's Day Off. What year is The Shining? 80... 80. 70. 80s, is it? I'm not sure. Right around, I always thought it was late, late 70s. That's what I thought, too. I'm going to say 80. I want to say it's 81. Fight, oh, fight, we're fight. Like, we're, we're, all, like, we're all within a year. Like a year. We're, we're, yeah, I'm sure. you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. All right, look it up. Uh, yeah, no, I thought that all worked. Um, Kubrick's The Shining. 80. It's 80. Boom. So Ken, Phil, yeah. Ken's very proud of himself so, right you know, now. shot in the 70s. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I meant. Uh, yeah. It, it uh, technically uh, counts into the 80s. <laughs> yeah, it's the beginning of the 80s reference. Wasn't there a lot of family ties references in the book, too? 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Really? Yeah. Funny. Yeah. One of the challenges had to do with family ties Amazing. or something. Yeah. There's. I mean, it's just. It's a. If you think the movie is chock full of references, the book is. Yeah. It's just yeah, it I've been told that before. It's yeah. like yeah. Yeah, but it is a nice. It's a for how dense and big it is. It's a pretty easy read. Very breezy. Does it have the giant fight sequence at the end with no, all of the characters? Sort of. It, mm, yeah. Not really. Mm. Staged differently. Right. Yeah. yeah. And there's no Superman. No, no. But there is. But he does. Uh, he does wear the Bunker Bonsai avatar costume. Right in the book as well. I think so. Cool. That, that, I that, do that, remember that, that from the movie. Which uh, what avatar costume would that be? Like what? what well, I think it's more. It's not necessarily suit? the. I shouldn't say avatar. It's more the suit. suit. Yeah. He wears the suit. He doesn't. He still right. has his avatar on. It's just he wears the the suit, the skin. I guess you would say. Yeah. If I'm being a a proper video game nerd. I, I can't answer that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've dovetailed that and we've gone into the, another movie. So that's a good time to get out. Uh, last, last chance on final thoughts. Hell of a movie. Very entertaining. Yeah. I'm, Super I'm, quirky. I'm just really glad that you guys were as confused as I was. Likewise. Because I was feeling dumb. I, I love it regardless of the fact that it doesn't need to make sense to me. Good. Yeah. Nice. So it holds up for you. Yep. Yep. I'm just saying, I feel the don't. same way. I, you know, pleasing to the eye. Um, had a good time watching it. I would definitely check it out again. Nice. Well, you can. You have the show. And I own it, so <laughs> I almost have to. Nice. Well, thanks for coming over, guys. Thanks for having us. Yay. Thanks for joining us for the adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai across the 8th dimension. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at LonJeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.